we ended up at a cash surface this year after nine months of approximately 700 euros per cow. That's coming back from about 1550 was the equivalent figure uh, 12 months ago in 2022. So we're less than half of last year's uh, figure in terms of surplus per cow. So to give you the detail, what does this surplus cover? In the main, your own farmer's labour and family labour, right? the taxman has to be paid. Uh, and the other thing is capital investments. Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Dairy Advisor Jim Miles details the significant drop in surplus cash on dairy farms this year and potential areas where savings can be made. There's 27 farmers in total that completed this cost control planner. Uh, they were across three discussion groups. And um, these farmers, to be fair, they wouldn't be representative of the national average. Uh, they'd be a little bit ahead of the national average in terms of technical efficiency. Uh, I'd estimate them to possibly be in the top uh, one third or 25 percent in terms of technical efficiency. Uh, this year, the average six week carbon rate for these farmers would have been 80 percent. And last year, they would have been producing just about 500 kgs of mixed solids per cow per annum. So they're, they're a bit ahead of the national average, uh, Emma Louise. And in terms of scale, I should say that they're at 156 cows, uh, uh, size-wise, uh, 156 cows. I think the national average is lost with around 90 cows. Yeah, so as, as you say, re- really high performers, you know, at a high calving rate there of 80 plus percent uh, and um, really, really good level of, of milk solids production. And you mentioned you've completed a cost control planner I suppose, from the start of the year till now. Could you give us a little bit more insight into the time frame included? Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, it's a nine-month analysis. We, we, we do this from January through to the end of September. So we're looking at all all receipts in terms of micro receipts being the main and, and stock sales uh, and in terms of the outgoings and expenses. It's everything from January through to uh, the end of September as well. So what we're trying to get at Emma Louise is a cash surplus per cow. And uh, we, we do that across all the kind of the bovine enterprises, the, the dairy cows replacements and the cattle are taken into, into the equation. We, we don't include tillage or sheep enterprises and we don't actually include any kind of direct farm payments in, in trying to arrive at this uh, cash surplus figure. We often debate, Jim, whether we talk about cash or profit, you know, when we're looking at financial analysis for firms. So th- this is obviously a cash basis. You're looking at the cash per cow. Why are you looking at that number in particular? Well, to be honest, which is, is the simple answer is it's an easier figure in terms of doing this analysis. They arrive at, uh, at the end of the year when we have 12 months started together, we can look at profit analysis. But for this cash figure, we don't include a depreciation figure, which is kind of more, uh, it's a kind of a, a notion or hypothetical figure in terms of write down and the cost of some capital assets like machinery or buildings. We don't include that. We don't include kind of opening and closing livestock inventories. And uh, when it comes to kind of bank and repayments, uh, it's the full loan repayments that we include in this uh, cash analysis. For a profit, you'd be kind of trying to separate out interest from principal. So this figure, uh, doing it this way in terms of the cash figure, is kind of nearly more intuitive for the farmer, and it's easier for maybe the farmer to to get their heads around this. You know, the, the profit figure can be a little bit uh, trickier to, to understand. So much. You know, that, that's why we use cash. And you you talk about the um, I suppose all of you're including all 
receipts in, in you know predominantly your milk sales and then also your your costs um to start with um i suppose the farm income um and and particularly the milk receipts i suppose we have seen there's been a huge drop in milk price um across the board um it's it's affecting every farmer but i suppose from from these 27 farms you're dealing with what have you seen uh, milk price uh, for the first nine months relative to what was seen last year? Yeah, well, what we did actually is I went back to, would you believe, the core performance report and the most up-to-date core performance report were the eight-month core performance report. So that just took us to the end of August. And the milk price this year across the seven, 27 farms was uh, 43.1 cent per litre. And the equivalent for the eight months of uh, 2022 was 58 cent per litre. Now that, that 58 cent per litre when they worked it out for the rest of the year actually amounted to over 61 cents a litre. But the, the difference in the first eight months now of 2022 and 2023, there's about 15 cent uh, a litre of a drop in milk price. You know, so I, I think that worked it out to be 26 percent drop. And I, to be honest with you, the news hadn't, hasn't been any better. And the you know, since the analysis and end of September or, or August, there it's actually the gap would be even wider. I'd say it would be close to, to a thirty percent drop in uh, milk price, and that has a knock-on effect of maybe bringing back milk receipts per cow, because all of this is done on a per cow basis of approximately eight hundred euros of a drop in, in milk receipts per cow for the first nine months of the year. So uh, uh, in twenty twenty-two, there was something like two thousand nine hundred on average in terms of milk receipts per cow. For the first nine months of the year, and that's back to about two thousand one hundred. So, an eight hundred euro drop is a, a very significant drop um, uh, this year. And and just maybe to add a little bit to that, the production to the end of um, August this time was very much on a par with uh, the previous year. Now, I would estimate when, when we work through the remaining months of the year, the production will be slightly back uh, this year than last year. So that that will come through on the twelve month analysis. And and your reasoning for that, like, why do you expect production to be back, Jim? Yeah, I, I, it's essentially weather. Weather, um, uh, you know, in the back end of the year, bar, bar weather conditions, silage going in earlier, cows not being at grass as long, that's definitely going to put squeeze on. Uh, I can see that already, discussion group meetings and that. I suppose with the milk price in mind and the squeeze on farmers, do you expect to see cows dried earlier? Um, I suppose a higher level of of culling, um, or you know, do you would you think it's solely a, a weather and a feed effect? I I'd say I'd say it'd be mainly weather and feed. You know, once once the yield goes back and uh, farmers are looked at to maybe to start to try cows, not wholesale at the moment yet, but as we move into November now, I can see farmers starting to wind back and, and, and trying off lower yielding cows. But yeah, the, I suppose that the, the, the fact that milk price was so good this time last year, people might be inclined to milk on and take advantage of the good milk price, but I think that, that encouragement won't be there this year. So but look, I don't know if it'll be massively back now um, last year, but it will be back somewhat, all right. That 15 cent per litre really jumps out at me in terms of that drop in, in milk price to date. Um, and a really stark figure to think 800 euro per cow is the difference yeah. in revenue as a result. But I suppose if we look at the costs um, and, and look at that side of things to see where, where that's at, if, if we jump straight firstly, I suppose, to variable costs, um, I think we're quite good now to 
to, I suppose, differentiate them out. But uh, as a headline figure, how are variable costs this year relative to last year? Yeah, I'll just make the point maybe, I mean, Louise, when we do this kind of analysis as a kind of as a benchmarking exercise, so we actually use the the invoice date or the data costs in court if we're going to compare farmers in a group uh, between each other. So typically, if people are measuring cash, they might just record cash as the money leaves your account. But for this exercise, we, we so everybody was on an equal pay and bill, so to speak, we use the invoice date. So look, we, we looked at uh, the variable costs and... Uh, you know, people, you know, talking might suggest our oh, costs are well up this year, but this uh, nine-month analysis doesn't show a big increase in costs. The, the variable costs are nearly on a par both years, €1,100 per cow for the, for the first uh, nine months of both 2023 and 2022. So very, very similar uh, variable costs. The big variable costs, uh, you know, your listeners will be very familiar with, is the meal cost there. Um, after, you know, nine months of this year, the meal costs are up about 30 euros per cow. Now, I worked that back. Um, the level of meal feeding is essentially the same. For these 27 farmers, about 0.9 of a tonne of meal fed to the end of September. So these farmers are probably on course to feed about um, a little over a tonne of meal per cow per year. But uh, the, the extra 30 euros per cow brings it up to about 370 per cow in, in terms of total costs in September. That's purely coming from an extra uh, meals was dear this year in 2023 than the previous year. But uh, some little bit of good news is that the meal prices and concentrates have been falling. They, they've fallen from about, I've uh, seen some of these cost control planners from 450 at the start of the year back by 100 euros to closer to 350 uh, at uh, now as the average meal price for concentrates, dairy concentrate. So that's that's one little bit, I think, of light anyway, is that the meal costs are back. The second big variable cost, as you'll understand, is the fertilizer costs. And uh, this year, about the only cost I've seen across all the costs that, that fell or that had the biggest fall was the fertilizer one. So um, we don't need to think back too long ago to record uh, fertilizer prices. But the average cost per cow now for the first nine months of the year, and that probably takes in nearly all the fertilizer for the year, the biggest part of it anyway, it's back with 75 euros per cow. But unfortunately, that saving that was made in the 75 euros per cow and fertilizer costs, that was cancelled out by small increases across nearly all the other variable costs had small little uh, lifts and rises there. So that's why we ended up nearly at 1,100 euros per cow both years. Um, some farmers did get caught a little bit with the fertilizer forward buying fertilizer um, at the start of the year. They thought it would be scarce. They thought the price might be going up further. And, and that that didn't happen, to be honest with you. They got caught out a uh, small bit, but you can't win every day. And then they, uh, the other one that had a bit of an increase was herd improvement. That was up about 13 euros per cow this year. And I probably, I didn't delve into it too much, but I'd probably say an increased use in sex semen and uh, synchronization protocols and that, that probably gave a, that a bit of a lift. But overall, variable costs held very steady. There, there, there was nearly nothing between the two, two years, 1,100 euros per cow. And I suppose by the same token then, Jim, where are fixed costs at? A very similar level of costs for variable. Did you see the same for fixed costs? Yeah, well, fixed costs by their name and definition don't tend to change too much and, and they were a fraction of they they are up about 60 euros per cow so it, which is not massive in the rare scheme of things when we talk about milk sheets being down 800 euros well fixed cost going up 60 euros per cow isn't isn't massive 
The main heading here, well, I, I have we signaled out a few headings and looked at them in a bit more detail. Hired labour, that's the first one people think of when they talk about this cost a lot of time. Um, that's actually uh, back a little bit this year. Now, it's not back a, a whole lot. There's, it, 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 they're similar to both years. But um, I'm wondering, and again, we didn't study it massively, but is, is that reduction in hired labour, is it because people were taking account of the fall in milk price this year? Uh, that you could say it's that and that be again a negative thing in my mind or is it because maybe there's increased adoption of labour saving devices on farms and you know a lot of these farmers would have automatic calf feeders now and some of them have you know gone to rounds of winning heat detection collars and auto drafters and that so you know it's 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 hard to imagine I'd, I'd be a little bit concerned if, if people were pinching their hired labour a bit on account of the reduced milk price but then if you're in that situation of taking a lower milk price, maybe that's something you have to do. Um, look, hired labour was the first one. The next one we looked at, uh, we looked at them all, but the electricity is actually up. That's one of the bigger movers in terms of increases year on year. That's up to about, after nine months of the year, again, this is only nine months after, that's up to about 60 euros per cow. It's up 20 euros or so on last year. But I went back the year before to 2021 and it was only 30 euros a cow. So essentially in two years, electricity costs per cow have, have doubled, you know, and, and again, I said that this is for nine months data. Uh, another big, well, another one we looked at, issue, we looked at land rental. Uh, it's the first time we actually put land rental in and our nine month review, but a lot of talk, of, you know, with banding and derogations and, and the rest, we said, look, a lot of talk about oh, how much people are paying per acre for land and all this crack. But we wanted to walk it back onto a per cow basis to see what now again maybe not all land rentals are, are paid yet but that's after averaging out at exactly 100 euros emma louise for the first nine months a year so to the end of september so i, I do you know people might end up paying more land rental towards the end of the year but some of them are kind of fixed up with direct debits and stuff like that so that maybe it's a fair enough reflection but 100 euros per cow uh and uh, 29 out of 27 farmers in the the, the complete this cost control planner we're renting some bit of land. The, the group with the highest number, they have a they have two hundred cows on average in their group, and they, they average out hundred and fifty euros per cow. So just simple maths here, that's thirty thousand that each of those farmers are paying on average for, for land rental. So that's that's a very significant cost. And the, the final fixed cost, and, uh, and, and it's actually the third highest cost behind feed and behind fertilizer is bank repayments. So instead of looking at interest, as I said at the outside, we look at the full bank repayments per farm. And they, surprising enough, they hadn't gone up. I thought they would increase because of interest rates increases, but that they're working around 175 euros uh, per cow for both years. So that's, uh, yeah, that, that's a kind of a summary of the, the fixed cost. They're up a little bit more than the than the variable cost, which is nearly contradictory in a way. But uh, overall, the, the when you add the variable cost and the fixed cost together, they're about 1,700 euros uh, is, is, is where they're per cow after nine months is where all costs were coming in uh, both years a little bit up last year or this current year 2023 versus 2022 just to pick up on a few points that you made there jim firstly to uh labor and the idea of the cost of hard labor has come down um when we compare it with last year and you've speculated it is um potentially a mixture of reducing the amount of labour you're bringing into the farm, but also potentially improvements to labour efficiency and investment in uh, labour um, technologies. Um, 
where a farmer is conscious of of milk price uh, reductions, um, you know, is that really the place to save money? That uh, reduction in hard labour coming in. There's not that big a difference between both years. It was sixty nine per cow last year, sixty two this year. Is about saving a seven euros, or there's not an awful lot of a difference between them. Uh, I, I I really don't know which uh, what's driving it. Uh, I'd have my suspicions. It's more to do. With, with people trying to look at milk prices and so exciting there. Maybe we won't get that relief with milk or in this weekend or that. I'd be hopeful that's not the case, but I, I'd have a, it's, I'd be leaning more towards that way, uh, thinking it's that way. But it's it's not kind of what we want. We want to make kind of dairy farming as attractive as possible and uh, to the next generation and that. And if people are working and doing every milk and under the sun themselves, it, it, it doesn't give a good kind of a signal to, to the next generation. So look, it, it's not, um, there's not that big a difference in it, but there is, there is a huge range within the farmers in the analysis. Emma Louise of the 27 farmers, I have some farmers there. And I should have said from the outside when I talk with, this is a higher labor figure. It's, it's the cash shoppers we're arriving to at the end talks about it, it, it's the pay family labour and drawings and that, but this is purely outside labour. And some people within the group have zero family outside labour coming in. It's purely maybe a father and son or, or daughter working together. And uh, there's a there's a one farmer in the group paying over 200 euros per cow on, 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 on labour. But uh, look, it, there's a massive range of... Uh, the labour's no different with the range as uh, the rest of the headings ha- have a large range as well under the and and your your second point there in terms of electricity is a very stark figure to you know to look at a fixed cost and say in the space of two years it has doubled um i suppose farmers in a lot of ways have no influence over the rate that they're paying um there there is talks about um a lot of companies pulling back the rates um you know per unit of electricity which will be a welcome um uh, you know a welcome thing for farmers to see i guess if we move on then and look we we've taken into account the incomings the outgoings so then looking at the cash surplus where did that sit at when you have all these um figures taken into account Jim? yeah no my bread we had three meetings last week with each of the three groups and, and they were sobering enough when we got to the bottom line figure. Um, we ended up with a cash surplus this year after nine months of approximately 700 euros per cow. That's um, that's coming back from about 15.50 was the equivalent figure uh, 12 months ago in 2022. So we're less than half of last year's uh, figure in terms of surplus per cow. Uh, but to, to, to give you the detail, what does this surplus cover? What is it? I just mentioned a few minutes ago, it's a cover in the main, your own farmers' labour and family labour. I, I said at the outset, it's called that there was uh, the average herd size is 156 cows. So you can imagine that, that these aren't one man operations. And the labour figure we talked about earlier was hired labour. So that wasn't too excessive. So it was a could be a family labour into the, into, that has come out with this 700 uh, surplus as well. Um, this 700 surplus per cow, along with the, the, the family labour, the, the tax man has to be paid. And um, we'd be hoping that with the bumper year that was in 2022, that the money was set aside and preliminary tax was paid that time to, to cover off a good year 2022. Obviously, you wouldn't want a farmer trying to pay a tax bill out of this year's big price to cover off the previous year's uh, large profits that were made. 
Uh, and the other thing is capital investments. Uh, um, this 700 euros has to cover kind of any capital investments from cash flow. So, um, yeah, I, I did see kind of marked decrease this year in terms of capital investments across. Uh, they're also recorded on the cost control planner. But uh, I think people have kind of maybe bought with a little bit and they have cut back a good bit in terms of developments on under farms and on the strength of the milk price being back. Um, that's 700 euros of a surplus per cow. To me, the average covers an awful lot in that uh, the range around that is, is massive. MLOs, uh, there's the strongest and the highest figure I've seen was 1300 euros of a surplus after nine months. The one farmer had another farmer, 1200 euros, they're up around 1200, but the lowest one was just a kind of a break even figure, a minus 17 euros per cow. So after all that toll and more for the first nine months in terms of the money that went out just balanced up with the money that went came in and and, and as you uh, don't want to repeat these efforts but the farmer hasn't has to pay himself then as well you know so there's a, a massive range yeah to that farmer who's at 12 or 1300 euro cash surplus what do you see them doing well yeah yeah i i, I had a i sat down and looked at the lowest figures uh to say Examine them a little bit more thoroughly, and I I seen that they actually had good stock sales on top of their milk receipts. It wasn't that their milk receipts were outrageously high. They had good stock sales. That they had a bit of a beef enterprise on hand as well as you know the stock would also include calf sales and gold cow sales or replacement heifer sales that type of thing. But their stock sales were good. They were averaging up in terms of feed and fertilizer. They weren't feeding. They didn't make this extra surplus because they fed less meal or or spread less fertilizer. They came in pretty average for those two costs. But what they really had, what I really had was very low fixed cost structure. And I seen the guys that had the highest uh, net surplus here, and and there was more than one. They they all had low fixed costs. And this particular farmer, he had very low uh, machine running costs. He had little or no land rental, very small land rental. And in terms of he wasn't too committed in terms of bank repayments and loans. So, you know, when you look at bank repayments and look and, and land rental, you know, they're not going to be very comparable between farms to be fair. But depending on what stage of development you're at, if a farm is well set up and, you know, you've got, got through a few good years, maybe loans are well under under control now. And whereas maybe a more recent entrant into the area has a good bit of uh, spending done in, in recent years and haven't had the luxury of some good years behind them, so to speak. So, so the, the fixed costs, I think, um, where the that's where the best surplus came out with very very low fixed costs. You know, if we take a step back from these particular farmers that you've been working with, and as you say, you, you all met and sat down and reviewed these figures um, last week, there is huge power in looking at the figures throughout the year um, compared with sitting down in the month of December and tackling your figures and completing a profit monitor. Like, where do you see the key benefits for this type of farmer with, with this analysis in front of them? Yeah, it's a good question. Look, a few points there around the, the benefits of this. Uh, we put a lot of value in, in farmers and the groups having a, an accurate profit monitor at the end of the year. And, um, you know, when you go onto a farm, it's, whether it's a farm walk, open day or a discussion group meeting, you know, you get a lot more from the meeting and to my mind anyway if the horse farmer has an accurate cost of production on, on, on exactly what he's doing. Um, the other thing I'd say about the benefit here is you know, the farmers that they can put the effort and work into recording these figures, 
they have a far better understanding of, of their of their business. Um, that uh, you know they put the hours in or not. That's overly cumbersome or that. But by putting the figures in and not outsourcing it to the accountant to do up their figures, I think shifting the job onto the accountant. I let them do their own accounts. The accountants do their job as well. But I I think the farmer that sits down and goes through. Uh, has more ownership of the figures and he understands his business an awful lot better. And then he's look the opportunity arises down the line to, to, for some development or that he's in a in a far better position to develop a farm plan uh, if if it's needed. Um, I guess when we sit down as a group to look at these figures, these are established groups. To be honest with you, that they're all ten years plus on the go. That they're, they're open with the figures on a monthly basis. They're open with their figures on, on this week. Um, it's a it's a, it's an eye opener for the the higher cost say, group members. Uh, it does amaze me year on year that, that that you know maybe how little some dairy farmers can get away with in terms of their spending when it comes to farm costs. Uh, and the reverse of that is that can amaze me at maybe how maybe lacks other farmers. Maybe lacks is going to be a strong word, but you know they're they're not as uh, cost uh, savvy in terms of trying to keep their costs to to, to a, a minimum. Um, and uh, look, uh, there's probably some farmers out there that might actually, you know, the, the salesman comes in and, 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 and t- t- you know, he'll always make a sale nearly in what, some yards and other yards. Uh, you probably know better not to come down the lane because they're, they're not going to get a sale as they've been got away enough times. Um, but yeah, there's some of the, the benefits. And, and I guess, you know, I know it's late enough in the years, a 900 review that we do in October, but it does kind of open people's eyes a bit and, and puts costs on. We're not just meeting once a year, the profit margin, we need to look at costs. Well, it, it's, it's brings the whole cost into focus again. And, 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 you know, it's hard to do that maybe on a discussion group meeting out on farms because there's so much to do. But we do this in an indoor setting and, and everybody has their figures on the table and they defend their figures and explain and, and could be a chat around, you know, the, the cost of inputs and, and, and some of the group members, you know, they're going to look at maybe producer groups, uh, well, I shouldn't say purchasing groups, so I meant to say, uh, in terms of trying to bring their costs down a bit, because there is a big range. Uh, some of the bigger farmers obviously have a scale to get uh, uh, inputs at a reduced rate, but some of the smaller operators there, by banding together in, in, in purchasing groups, can, can make a save in there as well. So there's there's multiple benefits there that I see that when farmers uh, put the work into it to complete this. And I think the conversation today, Jim, will potentially focus the mind for the people who are listening in. Um, you, you've you provided a lot of figures and, you know, it's it's easy enough done in a lot of ways where farmers can actually look at their own uh, fertilizer, meal, herd improvements, you know, the, the, these key figures that you're talking about and how do they compare to them themselves? As you say, there is an average, but then within the average, there's a range. So where do you lie along that that range and you know if the cost control planner the profit monitor they're very very valuable tools for farmers to see where they're winning and losing and the reality is it's all very well and good in a year like last year where you're talking about having surplus cash of 1550 euro but you know it's to be really conscious that that's not every year and 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 we're we're in a stark reality this year where we're at um you know we're less than half of that um thank you for your time jim no you're very welcome emily thank you that's it for this week's episode of the dairy edge podcast and my thanks to jim moyles for joining me on this week's show 
Don't forget to rate, review and listen on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.